Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is the Jocko Underground Podcast. It's number 26. You got Echo Charles here for his commentary. (laughs) And me, Jocko Willink. Uh, I come across things from time to time, and I know for a little bit while, remember we dipped into some psychological experiments and whatnot. A little bit. It's good to understand. Show you some stuff about human nature. There's usually a bit more, more to the story than you would initially think. There was one that kind of caught my eye. I was doing some reading the other day, and this one was called The Monster Study. That's what it's called now. It wasn't called that at the time. Mm. A person named Wendell Johnson, I guess a psychologist named Wendell Johnson, 1939, Davenport, Iowa, conduct this experiment. The experiment was actually ran by a graduate student. Her name was Mary Tudor. They took 22 kids that had some kind of speech impediment uh, actually specific stutter it took them from an orphanage and they tried to see if they could help stuttering kids by giving them positive feedback how bad it hurt them if they gave them negative feedback and if they took normal kids what it would do to normal kids if they told them they had a speech impediment and look, look I'm not going to detail the the whole experiment but basically you had two groups and then there was two subgroups in those groups. So you had group 1A and group B. Group 1A and group 1B, these were kids that actually stuttered. And in group 1A, they told the kids like, hey, um, don't worry, you'll outgrow the stuttering. You'll be able to speak even much better than you're speaking now. Don't worry about what other people say. It's gonna, you'll grow out of it, no big deal. That's how they treated those kids. Um, then in group B, they, were, they would tell the kids that stuttered it's gonna get worse, this kind of stuff. Just mm. evil, I mean, right? Mm. Kind of just evil. Like, even when you hear it now, that's why they call it the monster study. Yeah. So that's where the kids that actually stuttered. Then they had some kids that had normal speech. And one group of the kids that had normal speech, they said, you know, hey, you're really eloquent, you're very articulate, just that kind of stuff. Just treated them, gave them praise. The other group, they told them 
that, and I have a little quote here, they, had, they, they told them that the staff has come to the conclusion that you have a great deal of trouble with your speech. You have many of the symptoms of a child who's beginning to stutter. You must try to stop yourself immediately. Use your willpower. Do anything to keep from stuttering. Don't ever speak unless you can do it right. You see how, from name, and they'd give the name of a kid that had really bad stuttering. He started the same way as you. And then they told the staff that worked with these kids, just the regular staff that worked with them, that they had, that they were going to stutter, that they were developing a stutter. And so the teachers actually believed the same thing and told them to point out their mistakes when they spoke Mm. and don't allow them to speak unless they say it correctly and all this stuff. And it had a super negative um, effect on these kids. I mean, these poor kids, it's freaking awful. Uh, Here's a little, this is from Miss Mary Tudor, the graduate student that ran the experiment. She said, all of the subjects showed similar type of speech behavior during the experimental period. A decrease in verbal output of all six subjects. These are the ones that were told you're gonna stutter. That is that they were reluctant to speak and spoke only when they were urged to. Their rate of speaking was decreased. They spoke more slowly and with greater exactness. They had a tendency to weigh each word before they said it. Their length of response was shorter. Two younger subjects responded with one word whenever possible. They were more self-conscious. They appeared shy and embarrassed in many situations. They accepted the fact that there was something definitely wrong with their speech. Every subject reacted to speech interruptions in the same manner. Some hung, or in some manner, some hung their heads. Others gasped and covered their mouths with their hands. Others laughed with embarrassment. In every case, the the child's behavior changed noticeably. And then she concluded in this that the, she, she, her findings supported or their findings supported the hypothesis that evaluative labeling can influence behavior. August 17th. Um, oh, then she went back. After these kids were all messed up and had messed up speech, she went back to the orphanage to try and reverse the effects now using like positive language. Mm-hmm. And after a little while, she reported, quote, she was unable to provide enough positive therapy to reverse the effects. It's freaking horrible, right? 17 August 2007, the state of Iowa awarded $1.2 million to the children for lifelong psychological and emotional scars. Just from the experiment. Just from this freaking experiment. Uh, My point in reading this or talking about it is be careful what you say to people, especially kids. Yeah. Obviously, especially kids, but it's everybody. You know what's interesting is I'm around people when they have to speak a lot in front of crowds or they're going to present something. Look, while I was in the military, you know, I'd have a young officer that had to present something for the first time or, and my instinct was always to not be hypercritical because I figured that would only hurt them, right? Saying, hey, you better not screw this up or dude, you need to speak clear. I wouldn't say that kind of thing. I'd say, yeah, hey, man, just just imagine that you're just briefing, you know, Fred there in the front row. Mm. No big deal. Just just be natural. You're a good speaker. I would tell him that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was always my instinct. Now, if I had some time to work with someone, I might sit them down and, and say, hey, listen, here's how you talk. Let's record it. Let's look at it. Mm. But if it was sort of, hey, someone's getting ready to present in 20 minutes or, uh, t- you know, tomorrow, 
I wouldn't get him all amped up and yeah. say, you got you, you got to quit saying uh all the yeah. time. I wouldn't say that to him because it's going to get worse. They're going to lock up, brain lock. Yeah. The instinct that I had was tell him, hey, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. You, oh, you, you know this stuff well. Oh, yeah, that was a good brief. It makes a lot of sense. Tell them that kind of thing. Let their confidence raise a little bit. And apparently that instinct was good. Because the worst thing you can do is tell them, that, hey, you're going to lock up during this speech. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, try your best not to lock up. Hey, like just whatever you do. Yeah, that's going to be. You're, you're, don't even look professional up there. That kind of thing is just brain lock. <laughs> it's weird, too. Dang. How much of this is specific to speech? Because spe- speech is a really specific kind of thing, right? Yeah. You can kind of hear it. It's an immediate feedback loop when you're doing it. Now you could say to someone, hey, don't choke during the game. Yeah, you know, don't choke when you're taking the shot, yeah. the penalty kick. I bet that doesn't help either. Hmm. You know what a penalty kick is in soccer? Yeah, it's like a free throw in basketball. It's like a free throw in basketball, except for that in basketball. Chances are, look, can that be the outcome of the game? Yes, in soccer, oh, yeah. it's kind of <laughs> it's the true. outcome of the game. Yeah, yeah. If you miss, you just really, really, really hurt the team. Yeah. So the coach says, "You better not miss this." Yeah. So I guess it's kind of the same there. Yeah. Yeah, do your best. Yeah, you make these all the time. No factor. Put it in there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So additional pressure, probably not good for a coach, for a parent, for an employee, for a boss, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I've always, I mean, obviously this explains a lot. Some of it, it kind of seems obvious, just like you're saying, like it was your instinct, especially with like a public speaking situation where that's one of those ones where like the more pressure you put on you, the like so obvious that it's going to be bad. It's worse, you know, because it seems like anyway, the good public speakers, they seem real relaxed and loose and like mm-hmm. they don't, they're not apprehensive. They're mm-hmm. not like caring about every little thing. That's what it like overtly seems like when you get a, a good public speaker. So it seems a little bit obvious that it's like, dang, if someone's even a little bit nervous, don't make them more like don't put them into a situation where he has to think about more stuff or be, you know, more nervous about other potential things. You know, it seems obvious, but that's crazy how much how deep it goes. And then it kind of starts to let kind of puts you on what do you call puts you on report, as you would say, oh, yeah. about like to yourself <laughs> about if you have kids, you know, like, yeah. dang, what, what are you saying to your kids yep. that you don't even realize, you know, yep. because a lot of this stuff. 
you know, like every once in a while, like you'll find yourself Quit stuttering. Yeah, like you'll oh, get frustrated. It's like your move. own thing. Yeah. But meanwhile, the kid is like receiving everything, and it's gonna have like some result, whether you know it or not, kind of a thing. And it all counts. It all counts, mm-hmm. whether you realize it or not. You know, it's one of those things. I, fuck, I remember my dad would say this, and I think I even told you this before. Where, so I have a twin brother, right? Mm-hmm. Jay he, Charles. Yeah, he was born a little bit bigger than me, just a little bit, not to any significant degree, mm-hmm. but just a but little bigger. <laughs> bigger, nonetheless. Yes. So he, so he's always been like a half inch taller than oh, me. Man. He's always been um, just this much heavier. He was either like he was always five pounds heavier, heavier than me growing up. Right. He's a young adolescent, mm-hmm. young man of today. Until you found that easy that, girl bar. <laughs> well, <laughs> bro, you're you're not wrong here. So, and but uh, to my dad, as far as what my dad would say, he would use that. He didn't mean it. My dad is like the most warm-hearted guy ever. If you mm-hmm. talk to him, BC, yeah, BC, mm-hmm. and but so he didn't mean it. You know, he didn't know what he was doing, but he would do this as more like a tactic to make me help with chores or right. finish my dinner or yeah. whatever. He'd be you like, oh, yeah, look at Jade. <laughs> he'd be like, Jade's always volunteering, you know, and you're not. Damn. And then he'd be like, look at Jade uh, uh, eating all his dinner. That's why he's bigger than you. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> say that no wonder you found that yeah. easy curl bar Bro. and started just getting after it. But you have no idea how right you are. So he... He so he would say that stuff all the time, and it wasn't. It I remember it didn't bother me that much, but I remember thinking like, "Wow, that's like freaking Jade." Like, yeah, he's bigger than me, so it would kind of work, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'd still be smaller than him. He'd always be five pounds heavier. So when I got to be maybe ten, eleven, twelve years old, I would secretly like do push-ups. Yeah. And me and Jade were the kind where like if you start doing push-ups, you're like. Ugh! And you tease them, you know, like, oh, "Oh, you're trying to do push-ups or you're trying to be strong. And, you know, it's like that. Like, that's Mm. a relationship we had. Everything. It was all for jokes, but you'd kind of feel it. So I'd secretly do Mm push-ups. And I'd secretly do, like, calf raises. (laughs) And my dad dad had um, these these dumbbells. You know how you you have random dumbbells in your house? He had a 20 and a 10. (laughs) Bro, bro, I would do, like, curls and stuff. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> this wasn't out of sight. This is a dark. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, oh, and so I, bro, I would do that. But and then when we hit like 12, 13, 14 years old, mm-hmm. like my chest was like I was still smaller than him, yeah. but my chest had more like development in it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He was still bigger though. But and then when we started actually lifting weights. Because, the, you know, the football coaches, they're like, hey, you guys got to lift weights. So we'd go lift weights. You'd see where we're at starting, right? I could bench more than him. Dang. I was like, ooh. So I got that payoff all because of that experience from my dad and, you know, all this stuff. And I just got super aggressive. Like, compared to him, I'm way more, like, aggressive. Like, I'll lift weights more. I start jujitsu, like, that kind of stuff. And he's just, like, not. He's more mm-hmm. into, like, you know, computers and all the stuff. Still athletic dude, yeah. for sure. But um, He was into jujitsu for a little while. Yeah, but, that, I mean, let's face it. He, like, you, you ever rolled with him? Yeah. He's not, like, he did it for the fun of it. Yeah. Straight up. And it was fine. And he did it for the social part of it or whatever. To me, some of the very important benefits of it, by the way. But he wasn't into the competitive element of mm. it. You know, like, even like, and I won't express this outwardly that much, but inside, even when me and you go or whatever, and then every once in a while, like, I'll, like, try to kill you. Mm. He doesn't have that. Like, he won't. Really? He has it, but way less, you know. Uh. 
Like it's comparatively speaking way less and it's really obvious too. What's weird too is you, if you start thinking about like there's got to be a line that your dad could have crossed. Let's say BC wasn't, you know, kind of cool and chill. Yeah. And and it was kind of like um why couldn't you be more like your brother like, right? Yeah. Where yeah. then you become real resentful. And yeah. you get a Cain and Abel scenario unfolding. Yeah. yeah. Where you're just jealous and resentful and you end up yeah. So there's a there's a good balance because it's beneficial, kind of yeah. what BC did, because yeah. he did it in a lighthearted way, possibly. Yeah. But it's also good to remember, you know, I always, you know, people ask all, well, what's important you know, for kids in jujitsu? It's like make it fun. That's the most important thing. Make yeah. it fun. If it's fun, and you read that book, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, mm. that's what it is. The kids that played hockey, that were at the high end of the age bracket. Yeah. So they're in there. They're they're like. They're like 10 years and 364 days old at the beginning of the season. Someone else is, you know, just 10 years and one day old. So you got right. 364 years of physical development at age 12. That's a big difference. Huge. So that yeah. kid goes out there and just dominates on the field. Oh, yeah. And then he likes it. So mm. then he practices more. And the more he practices, the better he gets. And now he, he gets even better. So now he gets the ball even more and it scores more goals. And people raise him up on their shoulders and it's even more so. It's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A, like a positive feedback. circle of feedback loop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The other end of that is, oh, the little scrawny kid gets thrown in with the bigger kids, get knocked down, gets you know doesn't get the ball, doesn't get played, doesn't get playing time. He's not going to practice. Well, yeah. he might get motivated. Sure, Michael Jordan did, right? Michael Jordan didn't make the team. He just practiced and trained until he made it. But that's uh, that could be an outcome. That is a little excerpt of what we are doing on the Jocko Underground podcast. So if you want to continue to listen, go to jockounderground.com and subscribe. And we're doing this to mitigate our reliance on external platforms so we are not subject to their control. And we're doing it so we can give you more control, more interaction, more direct connections, better communications with us strengthen this legion of troopers that are in the game with us so thank you it's jockounderground.com it costs eight dollars and 18 cents a month and if you can't afford to support us we can still support you just email assistance at jockounderground.com and we'll get you taken care of until then we will see you mobilized underground Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 